Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hey friends, I want to do something a little unusual today and start off with a story about my husband's nightdress. So this is a story that I told in our Patreon video chat last, uh, last month. We just had a sharing session where we just all told stories about our lives, like fun, weird, hilarious stories. And in case you don't know about this, my Patreon uh, community has a video chat every month, which is one of the really fun features about it. And we are turning into an amazing community of people all across the United States and in other countries too. And it is such a wonderful outlet. You, by the way, are totally invited. Visit patreon.com slash called and caffeinated. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to follow. You are so welcome to join us. I want to share with you a story, just a fun, random story about my life. So the first year that my husband and I were married, I was given this huge nightdress and um, I'm a pretty small person and this was like a 3XL nightdress, so it was clearly not going to fit. Furthermore, it had pictures of Christmas puppies on it and they were chasing these little brown bones on this pattern of the fabric and the little bones looked like little smears of poop. So I was like, well, we're not going to be keeping this in our house. And my husband, John, if you know him, he is a, he, his passion is saving money in life. And um, so he's an extreme thrift shopper. So he was like, we can't waste that. We're not going to let that go to waste. And I was like, well, I'm not going to wear it. And he's like, okay, then I'll wear it. And I was like, okay. So John wore this nightdress on Christmas, the first year that we were married. And it's the kind of nightdress where it hits you, even though he's like a man, it hit, it was long enough that it hit him at the calf level where everybody looks really short, you know, like not a long, not a short thing, but like right in the middle. So it makes you look like really small. He looked like a little five-year-old man waiting for Santa. Very strange. So my family all thought he was a little crazy and he never wore the nightdress again until a couple of weeks later. I was six months pregnant at this point with our son, Raphael. And he wore it this one random night, don't know why. And in the middle of the night, someone broke into our apartment. And I woke up with a start and I look around and I can see a light flashing up and down our hallway. And it's accompanied by this horrible smell, like horrible smell of beer and cigarettes. And I sit up in bed and I'm like, John, someone's in our house, like someone's in our apartment. And John jumps out of bed in his nightdress his Christmas nightdress with the puppies and the poop all over it. And he starts to walk out to confront this guy who's in our apartment. And I was like, oh my gosh, John is going to die without dignity in a nightdress. And I'm planning my escape routes and all of this and my mind is going crazy. And it's not helped by the fact that I have super smell when I was pregnant. And so I could like smell the beer and the cigarettes so badly. And also that I was hormonal. And so just like seriously freaking out, heart pounding out of my chest. So, got, so John goes out to confront this guy. And it turns out that this guy had like gotten to our apartment by accident. He was so drunk that he couldn't find his way out of our apartment building. 
And so John showed him out. And I swear, this guy probably woke up the next morning with a terrible headache, thinking that he had seen a hallucination of a man wearing a nightdress with Christmas puppies on it. And so uh, after that, the nightdress never made another appearance. In fact, I took it to my women's group from my church. We had this small group uh, of women who met every two weeks and we were doing a white elephant gift exchange. And I was like, this absolutely has to be my present for the white elephant gift exchange. And who won but my friend Kathy, who was also about seven months pregnant. And the joke, the running joke was that she was going to wear it when she went into labor. And that seemed like maybe an appropriate thing for that nightdress, uh, an appropriate fate for that nightdress. So anyway, that's a, just a fun random story that I was just thinking of from my life like four years ago. Um, and if you liked that story, and if you would like to hear more random life stories from me, such as the time we found a dead body um, while we were on tour with um, the Wizard of Oz national tour in Canada, that's another one, um, as well as countless others. Um, the time that my munchkin husband was mistaken for a convict from Texas, that's another one. Anyway, I have have a lot of random tour stories as I call them from when I was on tour and other times in my life so if you want to hear those stories here's how I'll know uh, leave me a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts and also leave a uh, in that review mention that you really like stories and you'd like to hear more of them and I will be sure to tell more on the next podcast episode all right so we have one of my favorite youtubers today Father Mark Goring, I have had him on my hit list for a very long time, and we're going to get into all kinds of stuff, including this, uh, probably the most vulnerable episode I've ever shared, um, where I'm talking about my experience with my daughter in the NICU, which has gone on for well over two months, um, coming up on three months now, and she's still not home yet, probably won't be home by the time this episode is released, and she's had three surgeries, and it's been uh, definitely the hardest time in my life. So I'm going to talk about that with Father Mark Goring, as well as many other aspects of his uh, YouTube ministry. I get questions from people frequently about starting some kind of a ministry or an outreach or creative venture, and so I think you're really going to love this episode with Father Mark. If this is your first time listening to Called and Caffeinated, I want to welcome you personally. I'm so thrilled that you're here, and I'm also thrilled to tell you about the God's Adventure Awaits 2022 Pilgrimage to the Holy Land. January 17th through the 25th, you better get on board, get your ticket, because we are taking off. I am so, so excited to visit all the places where Jesus walked in his homeland, to see the places where our faith was born. This, for me, has been on my bucket list, like, my whole life. So, if that's also been on your bucket list, uh, please don't miss out on this opportunity. We are taking registrations now. We have amazing, amazing people signed up. It's really for people from all walks of life, young families single people, married people, empty nesters, whatever stage of life you're at, please come on over and join us. We are going to eat the best Mediterranean food in the world. We're going to celebrate mass afloat on the Sea of Galilee. Sometimes you just have to get out of your daily routine in order to find out what God's calling you to. You have to step outside of the everyday and the ordinary. This is an awesome, awesome way to discern whatever life choice you're facing. And just a wonderful way to take your faith and make it real in a way that you really can't any other way. So please join us. Visit stacysummerocom slash pilgrimage. There will be a link in the show notes for you to follow. And I just want to invite you. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Don't miss it. 
I do want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Catholic Match. Before I joined Catholic Match, where I met my husband, I had so much hesitation. I imagined my love story starting out by locking eyes in a coffee shop with a handsome stranger or something like that. Let me tell you, as nice as that would be, sometimes you have to get practical. It's really hard to meet someone with similar Catholic values in the so-called real world. Once I got over my hesitation and just went ahead and joined, I was so happy that I had a forum for meeting potential spouses. When you make a Catholic Match profile, you get to answer questions about whether or not you believe the eight central doctrines of the Catholic Church. It was refreshing just to see that up front and filter who I was looking for without wasting time or energy on a relationship that ultimately wasn't going to go anywhere. Online dating is for sure the new norm, and if you are ready to meet your future spouse, you'd be a little loco not to try Catholic Match. My husband and I, as well as many other good couples that we know, met on Catholic Match. Visit catholicmatch.com slash called and caffeinated to create a free no commitment profile. Plus, when you do, you'll help support my podcasting ministry. So if you've been waiting for a sign from God to discern marriage and find your spouse, I'm telling you, this is it. Okay, and let's get to the episode with Father Mark Goring. Father Mark, it is such a pleasure to talk with you. Cheers. <laughs> Called and caffeinated, here we are. Good to be yeah. with you, Stacy. Thank you. What are you drinking today? I'm doing the mint tea at this point in, in the day, and I have my Tim Hortons mug. I love it. Go Canada. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have a lot of fond memories of when I used to live um, on a bus because I was on tour with uh, Beauty and the Beast and the Wizard of Oz. We'd pull right up to the Tim Hortons and go on in and get a donut, bring it on out <laughs> with a good cup of coffee. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah. it's. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the show. You know, I was sharing with you off air. Um, you've been on my hit list for quite a while. I, I love your YouTube channel. I think I was talking to my husband last night and um, thinking about what I wanted to ask you today. And I was like, I just appreciate how you put so much heart into everything that you say. And I, I imagine it must be very difficult to keep doing that every single day to bring that authenticity on YouTube where anybody can come over and make a, a rude comment. Um, I know on my channel they often do. And uh, so I want to get more into that with you. But I just wanted to say that um, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I want to thank you, too, for introducing me to so many amazing saints, so many uh, passages of St. Faustina's writing. Um, you you got me introduced to uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis, who is one of my new favorites, and um, just a whole host of other things like Eucharistic miracles that I hadn't known about. So you're kind of like my cool Catholic stuff news service. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad glad you're, you're enjoying uh, my YouTube channel and you're, you're keep up uh, your good work, too. You're doing a good job. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what has receiving those calls looked and felt like for you? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly, um, you know, the ob one obvious one is the call to the priesthood. Um, and that, that was something that came to me as a teenager, which was huge, obviously, like, what am I going to do with, with my life? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that came very much through reading the lives of the saints. And I guess the call within the call, or maybe even the greater call, was the call to, to sanctity. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was an atheist before, um, you know, uh, before getting into really deeply into my faith. And when I, when I discovered the saints, I realized my identity. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. I have an immortal soul, and, and there's a kind of a potential in me, kind of like a caterpillar discovering, wait a minute, like, 
I was made to fly, you know, and um, and then I guess I guess to the within that call, um, you know, the call to to preach the gospel. One of the things that uh, Matthew Kelly wrote, he said, you know. People will listen to, especially young people, they'll listen to whoever steps in front of the microphone, you know, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of voices today. And a lot of them are, are leading our young people down the wrong path, you know, and Absolutely. we can easily complain saying, oh, you know, bad people are saying wrong things to our young people. That makes me so angry. And my response is, hey. If these people have the courage to step in front of the mic and express express their ideologies, why aren't we proclaiming the gospel mm -hmm. to our young people, you know, in, in our own ways? So, I mean, that that's one of the things that drives me, you know, that uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's people who are hungry, they're thirsty, they want to be spoken words of truth. And, you know, it takes, it takes courage, boldness, um, I guess a certain humility, you know, to step in front of the crowd and, and, and share what's on your heart. So Absolutely. those are a few examples. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about your order, the Companions of the Cross, and what made you want to join them? Yeah, my community companions of the cross um, were, uh, I guess you could say, a newer community. I think we, we were officially founded in 1985, and we kind of flow out of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Our, our founder, who, who's now deceased, Father Bob Bedard, was kind of a leader in the Charismatic Renewal for a while. And I guess what happened with him is there was a lot of struggles in the seminaries at the time, and, and seminarians would go to him and, and just share, the, you know, how, how difficult it was. And he was a, a source of encouragement for them and would actually meet with with them once a week. And that turned into just the sense that they were called to be a new community. And a, a big part of our community is actually community life. Um, we're one of the few communities where community life isn't just kind of a convenient arrangement but it's actually part of, of our apostolate or part of, of how we proclaim the gospel. You know, on the day of Pentecost, we know that um, the, the disciples were bonded and, and community just came naturally to them when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we believe that community life is a work of the Holy Spirit. And so for us, sharing life as priests you know we, we live together we have meals together we pray mm -hmm. together we also have something called share group where um on a regular basis in our house it's every two weeks we, we just we just share very honestly and vulnerably mm -hmm. our, our our struggles our highs our lows our difficulties we we're trying mm -hmm. to live our lives in the light you know with the support mm -hmm. of, of our brother priests and all it's, it's a beautiful community i love my sounds, community sounds amazing <laughs> not, yeah yeah and and it's funny, like I'm. I know. I, I I mean, I tell people. I say my community. It's the most awesome community in the world. <laughs> I don't actually know if it's the most awesome community in the world. But I, I joined when I was 18, and I'm 45 now. So I've been in in the community. You know, getting close to 30 years. Wow. And I I just I love my community. Our, our founder was was just wholehearted for the Lord, but he also had a great sense of humor. And and one of his mm -hmm. sayings was. 
take God seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. And mm-hmm. so our, our, the members of our community are, are kind of known for being pretty easygoing and chill about stuff while trying to be fervent about the things of God. So our, you know, our, our community life, it's like, it's fervent. We, we, you know, we have that, um, you know, charismatic praise and lots of Eucharistic adoration. We pray rosaries together multiple times yeah. throughout the week. So we like to think we're pretty fervent in our devotional and our spiritual mm-hmm. life. Um, but we're also pretty chill you know, like, <laughs> in, in how we, in how we do things. And, and, and so, yeah I, yeah, I love my community. If there's any young men discerning the priesthood, please consider checking out the companions of the cross. I was going to say, Father Mark, uh, so you were part of our God's Adventure Awaits Summit last year. Your talk was one of the most viewed, which doesn't surprise me at all because it was a fantastic talk. And you you were also part of our virtual uh, discernment. um, uh, I should know what it's called. I I founded the thing, Uh, the virtual meet and greet. That's what it was called. And so we had over 50 religious communities and mission organizations. And yours, Companions of the Cross, was one of the ones uh, that had like a profile. And you sent me pictures of your community. And I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, my gosh, I would totally, if I were a man and I were single and I were discerning, I would totally join that order. There's so many young men. Like there was a picture of like all, it looked like maybe all of the men preparing to enter the order or, you know, seminarians or something. And they were all so young and they all looked, this sounds maybe super weird to say, but they all looked like they could have done a lot of things and they chose to do this and they were very joyful about it. And how much does a picture tell you, you know? only a limited amount but it there was uh sometimes it does come through you know just the peace that people can feel and it and i did really get a sense of community true community which i think is a huge answer for so many men who want to be priests but then who end up um maybe being afraid of being isolated that's a that seems like a huge struggle for priests nowadays is not having community yeah yeah and and the the community aspect like it's also a safeguard like some guys, they can kind of join a seminary, get their little room, do their studies, you know, close their door, mm-hmm. do well in academics and get ordained, you know. Mm-hmm. But in our community, <laughs> you can't hide. You know? like, <laughs> you're, you're sharing life. If you're yeah. weird, you know, guys will call call you on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, iron, iron sharpens iron. And so, and also, again, because of our... our more kind of devotional pious charismatic fairly intense spiritual life like listen either you can handle half an hour of praise and worship early in the morning every day you know during the novitiate uh, or you can't in in front of the blessed sacrament and and so again there's there's a certain like the the community life it, it not everyone can handle living their life in the open with their brokenness mm-hmm. and weakness and the thing is in community life mm-hmm. if you're not willing to be vulnerable and to change and to admit your weakness and and to keep growing you won't last you know mm-hmm. and so again it's it, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing and i'm not saying everyone's called to to, to this type of, of community life but i think that's one of the strengths of our community is that it's it's guys aren't living you know secret lives i mean obviously you know you, you can't have a perfect safeguard against everything but you know we share life we talk we about share. our struggles we're we're rubbing shoulders you know and it's like i said it's a, i really i really love my community that's awesome it sounds a little bit like marriage <laughs> 
when you yeah. said iron sharpens iron, you yeah. really have to, you have to be willing to grow and to change. And obviously that's, that's what our vocation is supposed to do for us. It's not supposed mm -hmm. to be a place of comfort, um, but it is supposed to be a place of, of growth and continual development. So as you were speaking, I was like, it sounds like being married to a lot of people. <laughs> 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 where you have to not just learn each other one person's personality and how to live with them but a whole bunch of people which sounds it does sound challenging but it also but what a beautiful thing because um certainly our world is so starved for community um, yeah, i hear it, that pe from people all the time everyone says i can't find friends i can't find community and it's it's it is hard to and, do without and, that and, and part of the beautiful thing is you know we're we're trying to live and and i in my experiences you know I am in a situation where, where we're living the ideal of religious community life. Like in my community right now, it's it's a small household. It's only there's three priests, mm -hmm. um, but one of the priests, the guy prays like four rosaries a day, does a lot of devotions. Wow. He, he's and and you know he's a hard worker, but his his prayer life and the joy that that gives him, like it's so inspiring. But mm -hmm. it's also challenging. It's kind of like you have someone. He's a he's he's higher than you, and you're like, wow, you know, I hope to be there one day. And then the other yeah, priest I live wow. with is just he's kind of hardcore. Like, have you heard of Exodus ninety? Yes, I well, have. He does, them, he does them one after another. And oh my so gosh. <laughs> sacrifices and whatever, the cold showers and no TV and snacking. And and again, for me, you're, I'm living with two guys like this who want to be holy and who are going mm. for it and who are striving. And it inspires me. But it also, it's like our, our, our fervor carries each other along it's like building mm -hmm. a bonfire and again that's that's the dream going way back to the desert fathers who began to kind of you know share some kind of a, a monastic life and 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 mm -hmm. enkindle each other's you know kind of fervor for the kingdom and so um so yeah no it's it, it really is a beautiful thing that i'm sure you know marriage if, if, if both partners are really serious about the lord i'm sure that would have a similar kind of effect yeah absolutely uh i think I don't know if it was Tim Gordon, uh, somebody, some Catholic commentator kind of was pointing out that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with or like, and, and that's, that's kind of scary when you think about it. But when you're living in a community where everyone is striving for holiness, you're really, you're, you're upping the ante with each other. Yeah. 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 It's so kind of like skateboarding. You know, they say the best skateboarders are just guys who got buddies who are just really good. You know, they mm. skate a lot together and they're just constantly pushing each other. Uh, so, I mean, I guess the same thing in the spiritual life. Having having holy friends can make all the difference in the spiritual life. Oh, absolutely. There's It's the, the biggest difference between constantly being tempted and then you're eventually going to fall into it and constantly being uplifted and you're eventually going to be uplifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I realized I didn't want to do theater anymore was being surrounded by a culture where I wasn't being I wasn't being uplifted. I was being constantly tempted. And and so I was sliding down and I was I just realized I, I don't like myself anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And um, unfortunately, you don't get to choose your castmates. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, OK, there's a lot of things I, I'll, I'm looking forward to talking to you about today. But one thing that I started to tell you a little bit about off air um, is a situation that is honestly the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. It's I can't believe that the last two months have been my life. Uh, basically, on January 11th, um, my daughter was born prematurely at 32 weeks. Um, super crazy, dramatic. We had no idea this was going to happen. I basically woke up in the middle of the night and the whole bed was just covered in blood. And we rushed to the hospital. 
She was born less than an hour later. If we'd gotten there five minutes later, she would be dead. She had all, no heartbeat almost by the time that she was taken out. So, so that was a traumatic thing for me to have to go through an emergency C-section like that. Um, but it was, uh, it's been far worse for her, far, far worse for her. Um, she has a diagnosis now of cerebral palsy, which um, came from the brain uh, being deprived of oxygen. And she's been through, so we've been in the NICU for 60, over 60 days now. She's only had about 10 good days, you know, and there's just, you know, watching her get poked with needles over and over again. And I can't be with her much. And um, there's only 10 days where she hasn't been septic or having a surgery or, um, you know, just throwing up bile, you know, like, or, or having seizures, like all of these things. Um, and I, I struggle with how to talk about this because it's a big it's a big thing. I can tell people the facts, but really, what's what's going on underneath is this um, the crisis inside of me. You know, I I know God is there. Like I know that He is here with us, um, and like I can't deny His existence because He has spoken to me. I have seen Him. I know Him, um, and so I, I'm not questioning whether or not He exists. the The question is is why did this even have to happen? Right, like. Mm-hmm. Like she had no, she had no physical disability before this one night, and then this terrible thing happened, and she has to pay for it the rest of her life. Like, not that there's anything to be paid for, but she's totally innocent. And um, now, you know, all of these, like she's she's never been outside before. She's never met her siblings. Um, everybody around her wears masks. Um, you know, she she's only seen my mouth. She's never seen anyone's mouth before. And there's and I have to put her down and walk away every day. Um, because we can't live in the NICU. So um, so it's just been a hard, hard, hard two months. And and honestly, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. Um, because as I go through each thing, uh, each stage, you know, where she is getting physically better, she's growing, she has one more big surgery next week, and then hopefully we'll be home. But even then, I'm going to see the cerebral palsy uh, effects manifest themselves throughout her entire life. And Cerebral palsy is the kind of thing where you don't know how bad it's going to be until it kind of declares itself. So as she grows and her muscles are are tight or uh, her limbs become, you know, less functional or whatever, um, that's how we're going to find out um, that she has, you know, to the extent of her disability. So I guess, you know, every time I, I what crushes me is this feeling that I'm going to have to mourn her disability every time something new comes up. And I don't know how to do that. Um, so, you know, anything you can offer. I know yeah, this yeah. is huge, but yeah, if there's what, anybody who I think could uh, take have a good answer, it's you. Yeah. What's What's your daughter's name? Her name is Honora. Honora. So Honora, yes, it's uh, my great grandma's name. So it's okay. an old old Irish name. Um, it's like honor with an A. Yeah, like my my automatic kind of response when I hear something like this is you know, to immediately say, can I pray for, is it Anora? Anora, yes. So imagine the word honor, H-O-N-O-R, okay. with an A at the end. Okay. So, yeah, on- because we, know, we know, of course, the Lord, you know, says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, mm-hmm. and I will give you rest. Um, but he also commanded us, um, heal the sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Lord Jesus, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I, I know He just loves it, and the Father in Heaven loves it when we when we ask 
him to heal and, and to work his power. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus can work a mighty healing in Honora's life? Oh, yes. <laughs> I ask him for it every day. I ask okay. him, I pray my rosary, I ask him for it. Um, and I don't, uh, usually when I pray, this is another component of it, I don't uh, feel his, I don't hear his voice. Usually yeah. I do hear yeah. his voice in some way. But I think because of the stress and the worry and uh, just having a hard time just really concentrating. I can pray a rosary, but I yeah. feel like it's very hard for me to get to the point where I can actually hear the Lord's voice, <clears throat> excuse me, like I normally would yeah. when I'm, you know, when something like this isn't happening. So that's another component yeah. of this whole thing is, is where, where are you? <laughs> I know you're here, but where yeah. are you? Yeah. 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 Let's let's pray for on. I, I know you've been praying and beseeching the Lord for healing. But again, my the Lord commanded. I believe me, heal the sick, pray for the sick. And again, how the Lord chooses to heal when we ask Him, that, that's totally up to the Lord. I, you know. But let's let's do that right now. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Loving Father in heaven, I I thank you and I praise you for the love you have for um, for Stacy and for her, her, her beautiful daughter, Honora. Mm -hmm. Father, your son Jesus said, ask the Father anything in my name and he will give it to you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I give to you Honora. Father, take her into your loving arms and Father, kiss her with with your wonderful love and Lord, through the power of the precious blood of Jesus, your son that was poured out for us, I ask you, Father, to just completely heal and restore Honora. Lord, breathe your breath on her, recreate her and make her new. We believe in your wonderful love and power. We surrender Honora to you and to your loving care and your healing power. And Mother Mary, I ask you to, to hold Honora in your arms right now and just love her and, and, and bring her to, to your, your son, the healer. And we thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We thank you because you're so good. And we thank you when we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Thank so, you. I, I mean, I, I pray for healing, not to just dismiss your own heartache and no. agony, what you've been going through. But like I said, I'm just trying to be obedient, to, you know, to the Lord's command. To, to I'm pray. so glad you did. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I encourage you just, you know, thank the Lord throughout, for, for, throughout the rest of the day because we, we ask the Lord. And again, how he chooses to answer his prayers, our prayers, you know, up to him. But just, just thank him because he's hearing our prayer and, and he, he is good. Um yeah, I guess one of my initial thoughts, just when you started sharing, is I right away thought of who you mentioned earlier, Timothy Gordon, who yes. um, went through a, a very similar thing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thought is, I think the, the authority that Timothy has and also the respect he has, a lot of it comes from the fact that he's a man who, who knows suffering and even mm -hmm. through his, his trial and pain, and, 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 you know, sorrows, he still exhibits, you know, faith 
joy, confidence in the Lord, and and you know, and he, you know, he's a reminder to us that yeah, we all have crosses to carry, and, and some of them are, are are brutal, you know, and. I mean, we, 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 we have a church of, of martyrs and confessors and, and people who, who suffered, you know, horrific things. And again, not everyone is going to have to suffer and have trials to, to that degree. But I, I think, you know, Stacy, one of the things uh, I'm sure the Lord is, is doing in you and through you is he's... He, he's making you strong, you know, like he's, he, he is tearing your heart open so that it can be bigger and stronger and, 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 and all of that. Um, yeah. And then there's the mystery of love, you know, we're made to love and I'm sure that the love you've been, you know, experiencing feeling for Honora is just, it's a revelation of God's love. You know, you're, you're, you're helpless in this situation um, but you know that, it, you know, God, ultimately, he's going to, everything is going to be made new. You know, one day we will all be, uh, you know, in heaven with our glorified bodies and, and, and rejoicing in the Lord. And, and um, because of his love that you're experiencing, like you, 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 you know that love and um those are some uh, initial th thoughts. Are you, uh, have you had any kind of times when the Lord has given you any kind of uh, inspiration or, or? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there was, there was one, there was one time we went to mass and after communion, I was praying and uh, I'm a very visual person. So often the Lord, when he speaks to me, he'll actually show me things. Um, uh and so I was asking him these these questions. I think at the I think at the time I was struggling with just a slightly different variation of kind of the whole conglomerate of questions that I asked you. Um, and I think I was I was particularly struggling with her um, accepting her disability. And um, and it was really cool. I, I think um, I'm gonna start crying again. I know that um, I, I felt like it, the image that he put in my mind was of her, but she um, had a light around her that was so beautiful. And um, despite everything she's been through, I think, I wish I could describe it to you. It was kind of like having just a halo around her whole body. And I think what he was saying was, this is how I see her. Like, to me, this is how she looks. No matter uh, what anybody else is going to think of her or who's going to stare at her if she has, you know, people with cerebral palsy often have a, an, a different sort of gait when they walk and it's very apparent that they have something or some people have, uh, can only go in a wheelchair, you know. And one of my struggles is like, how do I pave the way for her so that, so that people can, uh, people aren't going to stare at her or people aren't going to say unkind things to her, um, <clears throat> especially other children as she's growing up. Um, or people won't ignore her or, or people won't assume that she also has an intellectual disability, which she might have, we don't know. But, um, but she, at this point, you know, cerebral palsy is, is a purely physical diagnosis. It's not a, 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 an intellectual disability in, its, in itself. So if she doesn't have a, an intellectual disability, how am I going to deal with people talking to her as if she does? And, and I think what was so beautiful about that one prayer experience was seeing her with this you know the the halo around her was just perfection she was she's perfect to god she's perfect and yeah. i think the reminder was this is how i see her 
and and it kind of helped me just let go of the expectation of me being able to protect her from all of the future things that might happen to her or um it, it sort of just absolved my need to seek anybody's approval including my own because if yeah, god sees yeah. her that way there's nothing more important than that um and so th that was such a beautiful experience that i've been i've been really trying to hold on to that um uh and and yeah. really when when we're having a bad day and she's throwing up or we can't figure out why her blood work is all abnormal and we have a team of specialists 12 specialists who can't figure out what's going on with her um i try to just remember that and just say like she is to the lord she's perfect and to the lord she's she doesn't need to prove anything to anybody um so yeah that that was very very helpful um and that was kind of a breakthrough moment for and, me and how, how many children do you have uh stacy i have three three okay mm -hmm. so yeah. I guess, I guess to, I mean, Jesus, you know, our Lord Jesus said, blessed are the poor. And, um, you know, some families might experience actual, you know, poverty. Um, mm -hmm. But I know you want all, you want to get to heaven. You want your husband to get to heaven. You want your children to get to heaven. And, you know, uh, th there, there's a certain poverty to having, you know, a sibling, a child who, who, who has, you know, some struggles. And again, in God's providence, if this makes your whole family saints, you know, um, again, we, God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, the, the perfect life we envision for ourselves might, you know, might not be the best thing. And so, I mean, I think, you know, Again, the Lord's providence, His ways are not our ways, but we just have to keep reminding ourselves that, yeah, like God's God's doing something powerful. He's doing something big. He's doing something beautiful, and um, and I guess you know the the most wonderful thing is God's presence in our life and in our family, and you know maybe little Honora will, will just make your home a place where God's presence and love is so much more tangible mm. than almost any other home. When you walk into your home, you can feel the love and the selflessness and the joy that comes with that. And also the, again, the humility, the simplicity of heart that, you know, our Lord Jesus said, unless you become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so, mm -hmm. you know, maybe your home will be more of a little paradise mm -hmm. than most homes because there's a, you know, a presence, mm -hmm. you know, a presence of the Lord in your home. So yeah. again, we, we, we have to, we have to see with the eyes of faith, you know, and, and, and recognize that God is doing something beautiful. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. And it, it reminds me of uh, something my husband said, as we were one particularly bad day where we really thought we were going to lose her. And he was like, well, you know, from an eternal perspective, um, she's all set. <laughs> she's been baptized. She's been confirmed. Yeah, she's If she does die, if the worst case scenario that my mother's heart can think of happens, she actually is still set. And and I, I do, I just popped into my mind. I hadn't even thought about that in a couple of weeks because I feel like I'm losing my memory through this whole experience. But um, but yeah, it was that keeping that eternal perspective is so important. Um, and yeah, maybe the, the bigger issue is even not even, not her, like she's, she, 
I think once we can get her out of the hospital, if we can just get her home, I think she's going to just enjoy her life a lot more. And I think if I can see that, it's going to be a lot easier to accept everything and just say, you know, we're taking a day by day and, and, and this is good. Like what is, is good, even though it's not what I envisioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So thank you for your, for your words. And thank you, especially for your prayers um, for her. I would, I would love continued prayers from anyone who's listening. You know, I'll, let's, let's get that miracle. We have um, a relic of St. Gianna and a relic from Blessed Carlo Cutis, who are the two, um, two saints we've been especially praying to through all of this. Uh, you know, Blessed Carlo, he only needs one more miracle for canonization. You know, you help me, I help you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been telling everybody we're praying to him because if, if there is a miracle, I'm going to I'm going to write to the Vatican and tell them, um, mm -hmm. you know, we've got it. We've got one. So um, I guess one other aspect it, just within my own journey. Um, so, you know, there's the whole looking back aspect of of why did this have to happen at all? And then also moving forward, surrender is a huge, huge part of what I um of what I talk about to, to my audience. And that was really learning to surrender was the, the thing that totally transformed my spiritual life to actually truly be open to God and open and receptive to him. And instead of me telling him what I wanted to actually listen for what he wanted for me. Um, and, and that's a huge part of why I started my ministry. And so I try to, I try to practice what I preach. I really do try to surrender everything. Uh, but lately with this whole situation, there's been so much pain and there's been so much hurt that's come from it that I, I feel like uh, it's so hard to surrender because, um, you know, my question is like, are, are you just gonna hurt me again? You know, there's that, it's a relationship. And so when there is that hurt, uh, I know God doesn't will this for my for my daughter, but He allows it, and He can change it if He wants to. And um, so my I guess my my struggle is if I keep surrendering things to you, is it, is it going to keep hurting? <laughs> you know, and uh, and I know that's just on a human level. That's it's not it's not perfect. It's not holy, but it's it's real. So, uh, do you have any aspects, uh, anything to offer for that? Yeah, I mean, w one of the things the Lord you know, commanded us is to, to take life one day at a time. And he mm -hmm. said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And, you know, w we do know that, yeah, there's there's trials ahead of us, challenges ahead of us, sorrows ahead of us, um, mm -hmm. even more tragedies. I mean, that that's that, right. that's life. Right, uh, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. And I'm like, is this a test? When do I pass the test? And yeah. then I realize there's no guarantee that anything is going to ever happen. And yeah. that's, that's not usually how I live my life at all. I'm not usually scared of the unknown, but it now lately I am. So, yeah. 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 And, and so I think, I mean, I, I experience that sometimes too. You, you mm -hmm. know, there's, there's scenarios, you know, especially with, with loved ones, you know, we, 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 mm -hmm. we don't want to see our, the people we love suffering or, or hurt or whatever and, and and other things and you know it, it's one of those things sometimes it's just a decision you know like i i'm not going to be preoccupied with what could what tragedy or what could go wrong in my life or in the life of the people i love like i i i do believe that all things work for good for those who love god and god is somehow you know <laughs> you know, providentially working things out. And my mm -hmm. hope is for eternal life. I mean, we know that life is, is, is short, you know, compared to eternity. So I, I think there's, mm -hmm. you know, just, just a, a, a joy in being surrendered 
to God's divine providence and just, you know, enjoying the day, you know, putting in a good day. And I, I really believe, Stacey, that, you, you know, you, you have some just wonderful days ahead of you, you know, um, with, especially with, again, the, the joy of having Honora in, in, in your life once she gets home, you know, it's going to be wonderful. There's going to be so much joy and all of that. And so, um, yeah, to me, it's, it's a decision. Like, I'm going to be a positive person filled with hope. I'm going to be, you know, realistic. I'm not going to pretend my life is going to be a, you know, a cakewalk, but I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision to set my eyes on, on, you know, what's, what's good and, and, and true and all that. So God bless you. You know, I mean, when I, when I meet someone who, who, who's carrying a heavy cross, I, you know, I, I have, especially doing it, clinging to, to the Lord and, and, and clinging to faith. Like I, I just I have the deepest respect for you, you know, and, oh, and you're gonna make you know, me cry I, again. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. you for for you know going through this yeah. difficult time with you know with with mm-hmm. faith and also to your whole family, your husband. Please greet your husband for me. Uh, you mentioned he. he I will. <laughs> please please tell him I say hi and I'm praying for him and. Uh, Thank you. He'll be so thrilled to hear that. Um, yeah, he's he's taking my the toddlers out for a birthday treat. Um, my my daughter turns three today, and my son turns four tomorrow. Wow. So yeah, they're born three hundred sixty four days apart. So oh. um, so they're out at the park and for a birthday treat. But he'll be very 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 pleased to hear. Uh, t- Father Mark Goring says hello. He's a big fan of yours. Okay. <laughs> he introduced you to me actually on YouTube. He's like, oh, you gotta watch him. He's great. Um, and actually, speaking of my husband, he had a question for you. Um, Um, Just switching gears a little bit. Um, He had a question for you actually about skateboarding. So uh, my husband, I know nothing about skateboarding culture, but Mm -hmm. my husband knows a lot more than I do because he and his brother love to skateboard. Um, And he's told, what he tells me is that it's pretty rough. Uh, There tends to be a a lifestyle that is not really congruent with Catholic values. And I know you put up, I think just last week you put up a a compilation of you skateboarding, which was really good and really impressive. Um, so he was wondering, like, how do you use that as an opportunity for evangelization or, or do you? And if so, how do you kind of keep your, uh, keep your holiness on fire with, um, uh, with love for the Lord while being in that sort of culture? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I liked about skateboarding is it, it's a solo sport at, at some levels. I mean, I, I like mm. team sports also, but I, I, when I was in Houston, I was skateboarding almost every day. Um, but I was typically skateboarding in the middle of the day when all the kids were at school, you know, and okay. so there was times it was very typical for me to have the whole skate park to myself. Um, And sometimes I'd even go looking for that. There was all kinds of skate parks around. And and I I just kind of enjoyed the solitude of, of, of skateboarding, Mm -hmm. but because I was skateboarding so much, I I did, you know, get to know the, the the skate culture, the, the, the the people, the skaters in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I, I never had a bad experience. They were all good guys, you know. Right. They all knew I was a priest. I, there was never anyone who was disrespectful. You know, sometimes guys would bang themselves up at and I'd pray over them, you know. And, and, and some of them, mm-hmm. you know, seemed to be, you know, really touched by my concern for them, praying for them and, and, and things like that. Um, mm. You know, some have opened up to me about their own spiritual journey. And I, I mean, I'll share my testimony at the drop of a hat with anyone who opens the door, even a crack. So, you know, I'd kind of share my faith and, you know, some of them would come to my church and 
Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I was on a regular basis. Guys would at one point say, you know, you smoke. <laughs> 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 and I'd be like, uh, no, sorry. And they're like, oh, okay. And they weren't talking about smoking cigarettes, you know. And uh, yeah, this, yeah. This part of the skate culture is taking a little break. And, you know, uh, anyways. So I guess one thing I like about the skate culture is generally skateboarders and again generally speaking they're they're somewhat pacifist like they're just kind of almost like the surf culture most mm -hmm. skateboarders they're not looking to hurt anybody they generally not aggressive with each other okay. you know they they're, they just kind of chill and hang out um and so mm -hmm. um yeah and i you know i i think you know we have to be a light in the world and i i i was glad to to just immerse myself in, in that culture. And, you know, like I, I guess that I wasn't actively trying to, you know, convert skateboarders. You know, I mean, that's not why I skateboard. I skateboarded because I needed exercise and I love doing that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that I got to know, you know, the skaters and, and, um, but yeah, I, I, I do believe that we need to be, you know, a light in whatever, wherever the Lord sends us or, or whatever so that's beautiful no that's great yeah. i love it and and it probably um you know who knows maybe even if if they knew you were a priest maybe they were not going to uh you know smoke that day knowing that you were there or something <laughs> you yeah. know you might just your presence there might have uh pre prevented a few uh <laughs> a few actions that they shouldn't have taken so yeah, and, i think there were you know skaters who like everyone else they had questions about life you know the yeah. big questions and including questions about faith and the, the mm -hmm. fact is texas is bible belt you know so mm -hmm. i wasn't the only skateboarder who loved jesus and was sharing their faith and all that so i think just mm -hmm. that presence presence among the skateboarders that no you know some of us we're into jesus and we're into church and we're not into the to the bad stuff we're we're into being good people and loving you know like mm -hmm. one of the things at the skate park everyone loves for someone to say hey how you doing or, or to, a mm -hmm. kindness is a universal language pretty much everyone loves and so the fact is there is a lot of just really kind good-hearted skateboarders and the more good-hearted kind people it just creates kind yeah. of a loving loving community so um so yeah i know we have to spread the spread the love <laughs> i love it that's great um it's good segue into uh your ministry which is uh, a place that is not generally so loving <laughs> as a skate park which is youtube <laughs> youtube is uh just you know you get everything you get everything the highs and the lows there so you've been doing uh, youtube now a uh, youtube ministry for how long yeah i don't know how long it's been it's been years wow uh, i don't eight years mm -hmm. seven years nine I, I don't remember exactly amazing wow and you're up to something like 150,000 subscribers or close to it which is amazing and a, a real testament to just your your faithfulness to it um, I was wondering, you know, how do you discern what you're going to say and what you're not going to say? Because there's, um, just from my perspective, there's, I find it hard to speak about events that are current because they're still unfolding. It's like, I want to take it in and think about it and then put something else out, you know, put something out. But I really, really admire people who have a good and immediate response to what's happening in popular culture, because I think that's how a lot of people can uh, start to really understand what the Catholic response should be. So yeah, for you, what is it, 
what does that journey look like? How, how do you discern what you're saying, what you're not going to say, what you're going to comment on, what you're going to let go? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, like a lot of people, I you know, I do spiritual reading. I love I love doing spiritual mm-hmm. reading. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things. Um, you know, I also follow the Catholic news and 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 some of the Catholic commentary because I'm in community. We talk about the current issues, you know, and and you know, I'm surrounded with people who who are you know some of them very intelligent and and mm-hmm. kind of know what's going on, um, and. Yeah, I mean, my, I have this little routine. I get up in the morning, I make a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. And um, and then I spend, you know, an hour before the Blessed Sacrament. And and it's prayer time. I, I, I don't use it to kind of plan or, you know, it's just being with the Lord. Mm. And then um, I, you know, I kind of get cleaned up and all of that type of thing and eventually get myself in front of my, my iPhone and um and i guess what happens because i've been doing this for years i guess my brain naturally percolates what's going on what i've been reading what i've been talking about with the brothers in the house what i've been you know some of the commentary i'm hearing and and i i guess i think the lord kind of gives me a little inspiration Mm -hmm. about what to mention every day it seems like there's an anointing on this morning time mm. um ministry um i've had times where during the day i would start getting worked up or thinking about something and mm. attempt to make a video and, and some of those have really bombed bad you know I, I i think the lord has taught me that there's an appointed time for everything and it mm. seems like in my life the, the lord has you know kind of appointed that after my time in front of the blessed sacrament um you know i I, it's the time for me to just share a little something that's on my heart um i used to pray the rosary even before but now now i do the rosary in in the afternoon but the road praying the rosary is is kind of something too that's i I, part of my ministry my ministry is consecrated to our Our lady of guadalupe Mm -hmm. um so it's it's a bit of a mysterious thing stacy you know like i I, I felt called to, to doing a little biblical inspiration every day on YouTube. And it seems like the Lord is, is working through it despite my own kind of brokenness and imperfection. And I make mistakes, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I just, I just keep a little sharing every morning and it seems to be blessing some people. So that's amazing. So you don't even plan what you're going to say before you like if I <laughs> if I had a holy hour and I knew I was going to be putting a video on YouTube for the world to see afterward, it would be so hard for me to not spend the whole hour thinking about what I was going to say or like say, using that that hour to say, Lord, you know, what do you want me to say? And listening for that very specific intention, um, it, it would be hard for me to just let that be time with the Lord for whatever he wants to share. Um, yeah. It, did that take you a while to get into that? Or uh, has, has is that at a point where you're just like, so tr- you just know you've done this enough. You just trust that he's going to give you the words and you don't have to overthink it. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, like I wow. said, my, I've learned to percolate in my brain throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, just, just taking in information, thoughts, and also trying to pick up inspirations, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I think a spiritually mature person learns to kind of recognize, Oh, this thought and this you know welling up in my heart this it's the holy spirit you know mm-hmm. and to be able to kind of catch that and 
like everything else in life, if if you if you try to grasp onto something and f- or focus onto something too much, it's almost like you lose it. And so yeah. that's why, like, say during my prayer time in, in the morning, uh, you know, there's again, there's an appointed time for for everything during the holy hour. It's it's not the time to be thinking what I'm going to mm-hmm. share in my YouTube videos. It's the time to be with the Lord, you know. And and mm-hmm. I, I guess we learn to honor, you know, the Lord's. Um, commands in our life or what he's told you know told us to do you know pray yes don't worry about you know this like there's you know, we have to kind of, what do you call it is it compartmentalized i don't know if that's the best expression. i think so but yep it's, mm-hmm. it's not good even worrying about stuff you know like it's not good to worry about something all day you know it's, yes. it, if there's a time you need to just sit down and maybe go to prayer and say okay lord i need to process this well well fine do that but don't worry about something all day and i think that applies to mm. to everything you know and and also we, we can also kind of evaluate things by the fruit you know i i've mm-hmm. had times where again i'm just faithful to my holy hour no really idea what to talk about in my video but just continue with the little routine until i'm actually just in front of the camera and then i get a little thought I share it, and sometimes it's it's a real powerful video, you know. And I'm just like, Lord, you're funny, you know. And so, wow, I so admire that 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 uh, being able to kind of let go of a need for success and to truly just try to be a a mirror for the Holy Spirit to just reflect Him. What a what an amazing thing! And I, I imagine that's come through a lot of discipline. Were you nervous when you started? doing this ministry or or did you have like two subscribers and it was just fun and you were just like oh we're just doing a thing now yeah i mean my my story is one morning i was eating breakfast at my desk in front of my computer and i was thinking oh i'd I'd love a little shot of 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 scripture inspiration like i'd love Mm -hmm. to, to have a little youtube video where some someone just shares something from the bible in an uplifting way, but something short, you know, I don't have right now a long time. And I started looking for something like that and I couldn't find kind of exactly what I was looking for. Now, since Mm -hmm. then I've, I've found kind of that type of thing, but it bugged me so much Mm -hmm. that I I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to try doing this, you know, and I, I started. And of course, yeah, anytime you start something like skateboarding, you you kind of look like a fool. You don't know what you're doing. It's, it's awkward. It's (laughs) embarrassing. And it takes a lot of time to kind of, you know, I guess, find your YouTube voice and learn to, to, to kind of just be, be real and be, be natural, be in, in, Mm -hmm. you know, in this ministry. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I get a lot of questions from people who want to do a podcast or a blog, YouTube channel, something like that. And they'll always say, you know, how did you get started? And I agree with you 100%. You have to, you just have to be awkward at first. You just have to do it and just not be afraid how it's going to come across because it is going to be kind of dumb sometimes or like you're going to say something and be like, why did I say that? You know, and I think the people who come across as, as really natural on YouTube are actually very rehearsed like they have they know what works because they've tried so many different things i know for myself too i i say yeah a lot and it bugs the heck out of me when i go back and listen to my my recordings and i'm cutting out all of these little yes <laughs> say and so just like learning to and like that's another one if my guest says like i pick it up and i don't even notice i'm saying it so i've i've tried to become more conscious of that and to to really craft, you know, uh, my response as I'm going to just say, nope, I'm not going to say that. And just, you know, you just figure it out. You figure it out as you go and you kind of, you get better um, 
yeah, that's that's definitely my experience too. Um, but I love you know you've just you've got it down to such a wonderful system, and I think that's really an indication that you're called to it. The fact that you're able to put these videos out every morning, um, and uh, and it really does sound like it's a ministry, not not something that glorifies you know Father Mark wanting to be um, a really you know interesting inspirational person. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, one of my inspirations years ago, I, I was reading the, a book, Lies of the Saints, and I read about, you know, Daily Saint, and I read about St. Nicholas of Tolentino. And after he was ordained, it says he resolved to preach the gospel every day. And it's funny, when I read, read that, something stirred within me. It was just mm -hmm. odd. Like, there was just this, you know, and, and I, I'd never forgotten that experience. Hmm. He resolved to preach the gospel every day. And, you know, years later, as my YouTube ministry was kind of starting to roll and, and just feeling like there was a flow, you know, something was, was kind of flowing, you know, through me. Yes. Um, I remembered St. Saint uh, Nicholas Tolentino. And I, I like to think that it was, you know, it was the Holy Spirit kind of tapping my shoulder saying, hey, you know, you're, you too are called to preach the gospel every day. Um, you know, maybe not every absolute single day. I mean, some days I, because of travel or different things, I, I can't make a little video, but I, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to, um, you know, have, have something we do going back to the skateboarding expression, every blessed day, you know, skateboarders mm -hmm. say, you know, skate every bleep day, you know, uh, <laughs> Um, but I, I think, you know, there's something about doing something every day that's that's beautiful. That is wonderful. And I know there's a lot of people who want to share their faith and they want to they want to witness or they want to preach, um, but they're scared. And I certainly am not immune to this myself. You know, it's just you see the dislikes on a video or nasty comments that people leave. How do you deal with that? And does it bother you at all? Obviously, you're speaking in the name of the Lord. So you're speaking from a higher, um, you're, you're speaking the truth that doesn't come from you. It comes, you know, from someone else. And so that must be a big help. But, you know, does it bother you uh, when you see those dislikes or those snappy comments? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I must say, I love the comments section in YouTube. You know, I, I think it's a big part of the message. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I love the fact that my videos they're not a monologue you know they're a dialogue and i i love the comments and oftentimes people are, are kind of challenging me or, or you know criticizing me or or, or um you know s saying the opposite what's, what's the word i'm looking for um, you know uh, when when there's someone counters or whatever and, yeah. And, yeah. and to me um like uh, oftentimes like like I kind of agree, you know, their criticisms. Yeah, that's that's valid. Or or sometimes they're saying something. It's not exactly disagreeing with me, but it's kind of qualifying. And and mm -hmm. you know, it's like yeah, th you know, thanks for saying that. And and so I, I love that. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I people don't need to see everything eye to eye with me. And and I think it's good mm -hmm. that like we're all trying to figure this thing out together. You know, and I think everyone, you know, should have their their voice, and and, and we're like, we're journeying together. So I I love that, you know. And and the thing, the fact is, a lot of people are very encouraging and positive, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and and some videos, you know, I've said stuff. We're looking back, it's like, yeah, that you know, I, I might have not been 
completely right on that one or i might have been a little off on that one and you know i'm i'm glad that my viewers can call me on stuff you know because uh, you know i i know that the people who follow me they're very they're good people and, and they love the lord and they have a lot of wisdom so if i put out a video and like a ton of people are saying no way you're off on that one i to me they're probably right mm. they're probably right and I'm probably wrong, you know, because again, it's, it's, it's good people who are most, you know, most the people who follow me, they're, they, they love the Catholic faith, you know, they, they, they they're good people. And so if, mm. if they call me on something and say, no, father, we, we're not, we're not agreeing with you on this. It's like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I receive that. Um, I mean, there's always, there's always the 1% who's mm. just nuts angry you know and, and so th they don't bother me like the one percent god bless them i pray yeah. for them I, I hope i hope like some of them I, i'm concerned about their salvation like there's a kind of a level of anger or judgmentalism or narrowness mm -hmm. that you're just like dude i don't know if you're on your way to heaven you, you might think you are you know and and and, and i was just like oh it's kind of scary like just such a, an anger or kind of sometimes it's a phariseeism or whatever mm -hmm. where you're just like oh i hope i hope you can your heart can be softened because yeah. you know it's that's you know it's just not not good the the level of of anger we, we have to love you know we, we have yeah. to you know be, be good-willed people so for sure yeah. yeah that's really beautiful um yeah especially man being a catholic being a catholic priest um there's so much i mean just within the within the faith itself like we live in such a divisive world you know it's it's so sometimes uh it's amazing to me when i send out an email blast you know to some people i'm too catholic to some i'm not catholic enough and i'm like then why did you sign up for my email blast <laughs> i yeah. sometimes just get crazy uh crazy responses back um and it definitely it is hurtful but i think it's i love your perspective on the um being up it looks like you view yourself as part of a community just like you're a community within the companions of the cross you're also a member of a community on youtube just mm -hmm. you know which i think is the right perspective is is you're not trying to you're not trying to be a star and you're not infallible and you know that and you and you just accept kind you know criticism um which is so good and, and I, th I know that for many people getting started is the hardest part and then taking criticism is is so hard so um i think that's you know this will be a great episode for everyone who's reached out to me who wants to start some kind of their own ministry um that you partially answered this earlier you mentioned about living in community but uh as helping you kind of really uh really become holier but what what do you do to kind of keep your eyes on the prize of heaven because you you reference it a lot in your talks you always talk about you know comparing uh, i think in one of your videos recently you compared it to drinking a pina colada on the beach in mexico and and it, you know really holding that image of heaven in your mind and when i remember to do that when i think to do that it helps so much but i forget so much i, I have like amnesia like i can't remember so what how do you keep your eyes kind of up on the prize yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things for me is the spiritual reading, you know, mm -hmm. good Catholic reading. And the image I use, it's like throwing another log on the fire. You know, you, you read a good Catholic book. And for me, anyways, it just it just fires me up, you know, it just yeah. inflames me with with a, a, a longing for, for holiness and and 
you know, and it doesn't, see, some people think, oh, I, I don't have time to do tons of spiritual reading. You don't have to do tons of spiritual reading. I mean, even five minutes a day, if you take a little time every day and read from St. Faustina's diary, or if you have a, you know, whatever, a Jacques Philippe or a Matthew Kelly book or something, I mean, just a little bit every day to remind you of who you are and whose you are and what your identity and destiny is, uh, you know, is all it takes. And, and again, I've, I've read books. It's like, oh, wow, like just mind-blowing, just so powerful. And, um, yeah, and so, I mean, that's, I, I honestly think one of the best things a Catholic can do is just – always have a good catholic book on the go you know and that that is and obviously it is the other disciplines of the sacraments and praying the rosary and having good catholic friends and you know mm -hmm. uh, doing uh, penances and fasting all of those things we you know we need to do all those things but it, to, to me the, the spiritual reading is what really keeps the focus or you know um uh, yeah focuses the, the 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 direction where we're trying to go Yes, definitely. It keeps all of the thoughts percolating in your mind, like you said, where you're mm -hmm. you just have things percolating all day, keeping yourself in that place of thoughtfulness rather than rather than going off the rails into something else or just becoming obsessed with social media or whatever in your spare time. Yeah, so good. What are your top resources for people? What what would you what are some books that you want every you think every Catholic should read? Yeah, well my I guess my my favorite authors are Jacques Philippe. I love his books. Oh, um, me too. Every, so everything everything Matthew Kelly writes is phenomenal. Um, I love Immaculate's books. Um, she's written a few books: Our Lady of Cabejo, The Boy mm -hmm. Who Met Jesus, Left to Tell. Um, I love reading about the saints. You know the lives of the saints. Uh, I love Saint Teresa of Avila. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then, I, I mean, I have, you know, all kinds of favorite books. And the thing, one of the things, beautiful things in my life, too, is I have a few friends and also my brother um, who are really into the spiritual reading. And when we get together, it's kind of like, okay, what's what's the latest book you got? You know, what's what's, what's your latest discovery? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, too, we're exchanging books and say, here, check this out. And he'll have one for you. And so, you yeah. know, I, I do have a circle of friends who – you know, like me, they're almost, you could say connoisseurs, you know, they're always looking for, you know, just a real awesome uh, spiritual read. And so that's why one of the little yeah. things I have with my YouTube channels, I call it the, the school of reading is every month I recommend, you mm -hmm. know, a, a spiritual book. And sometimes I'll comment on it because what was happening is I comment on books and people are like, well, what is that book? And where can I get it? And, and finally, I, yeah. think I said, you know what, rather, rather than just kind of coming up with too many random books, I'll try to recommend a book for the month. And then during that month, I'll mention it. And so anyways, that's... Wonderful Such a good thing. idea, yes, because then you can kind of follow along together. Uh, have you read the di the letters of St. Louis and Zelie Martin, uh, St. Therese's parents? No, I, I never even heard of them. So mm -hmm. St. Therese's parents wrote letters. Yeah, well, they're both saints now. Yes. And yep, so our daughter's name is Zelie after um, after St. Therese's mother. Okay. And um, my husband, a big part of the reason why we named her that is because my husband gave me a book of their letters which I think you would find really interesting and beautiful and relatable. A lot of them just, it just fills out the life of St. Therese, the family life, you know, so yeah. most of the letters are Zellies and they are very much about, you know, some of the home life and um, just 
her own struggles with motherhood. You know, she struggled with depression. She lost a lot of people in her life, but it just made me really fall in love with them. So that's maybe one uh, one to check out. It's called uh, A Call to a Deeper Love. That's a really excellent one. And could then you, another, oh, sorry, could yes. You email, could you email me the name for that book? I will, I will do you know that. You're the type of guy, if I hear a good book, I just order it on Amazon. I don't Perfect. hesitate. Call, I would, call order, to a deeper I would love. order it right now, but it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of a little rude to start ordering a book. In a <laughs> you, but, uh, <laughs> like, come on, Father, get back to the interview. <laughs> um, another one that you talk about often, and my husband has read this one too, is the Eucharistic Miracles of the World. Yeah. Um, I myself have not read it, but uh, John would read it in adoration and then he'd come home and tell me all about it. And we'd go look up all the Eucharistic miracles. They're amazing. I mean, there's, there's over 200, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I love, when I give talks, I love to um, reference some of the the most you know incredible Eucharistic miracles. Um, so that's another one I know you've mentioned that that I think people would really love because when you look at a Euch the Eucharistic miracles, you really you can't deny the real presence. It's a it's like it. You look at all of the evidence and all the examination that this miracle goes through, and how many of them are still, you know, the the uh, body and blood are still miraculously preserved after all these years. It gets me so fired up because I just I'm like you can't deny that God is real <laughs> when you really, really look at this. And it's happened hundreds of times throughout history. Um, so, yeah. So I always reference that when I speak to teens, because I think that's such a great uh, when you're a teenager and you're just really, really searching for something to hold on to. I think that's such a great thing to bring up um, anyway. So, yeah, that Eucharistic miracles of the world. Um, and I just started Teresa of Avila's uh, The Way of Perfection. Yeah, yeah, really loving it so far. She's super relatable and just uh passionate you know in in everything she writes um yeah well father mark uh, thank you so much i i hope that young men listening to this will come on over and check out your order i'm going to put a link if you can send me a link to the to your order in the show notes I'll, I'll put wait take two if you can send me a link to the website for your order i will put it in the show notes so that anyone can come and check it out um yeah anything else you want to share well, just one one point you made is you're reading St. Teresa of Avila, you read St. Therese's parents. Mm -hmm. One of the beautiful things about reading about a saint is they're a saint in heaven now, and they're watching over us. They're, they're the part of the cloud of witnesses. And yes. so we can make friends with the saints mm -hmm. in heaven, you know, and you, you've fallen in love with St. Teresa of Avila and other mm -hmm. saints. And so that's a beautiful mystery in our Catholic faith that we don't just learn about these people. We get to know them and they yes. become our friends. And sometimes we can even sense that, yeah, you know, they're kind of looking out for us. And so mm -hmm. uh, I thought I'd mention that. <laughs> that's, that's all. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having yes. me. Thank you so much, Father Mark. Yeah, I'm really excited to release this episode. It's definitely the, you know, I've really spilled my guts. So thank you for listening and, and for your continued prayers for my daughter. And I will pray for your YouTube ministry as well. It's wonderful. And I'm, I'm just so impressed with the work you're doing. So keep it up. Thank you, and yes, be assured of my prayers for, for you, you and your family. And that's a wrap. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the story at the beginning of this episode and you'd like to hear more random stories about my life, just give me a Apple Podcasts rating and review. If it's five stars and it says that you would like more stories, I will for sure do more stories. 
Also, please discern joining our Called and Caffeinated Patreon community to help support this podcasting ministry. And you're also welcome to join our virtual community from all around the country, as well as access to my podcast, my secondary podcast called Coffee Sips, which is my faith and lifestyle show that covers just about everything. So may God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful two weeks. I will be back in your earbuds with some more great episodes and stay caffeinated because you are called my friends.